Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode two. In this episode, we're going to talk about what a family culture is and how to create one in our family. So first, let's talk about what is a culture. A culture is defined as a shared set of attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterize either an institution, an organization, or a group. So within our family, these are the attitudes and values and goals and practices that we hold dear to our family, that everyone, parents and children, participate in. It is what will define us five, ten years down the road. And I find that with older children now who are creating their own families, they are bringing that family culture into their own families. So when we create a shared vision or a culture, it creates a bond, a bond between the parents and the children and a bond between siblings. And very often, siblings... Uh, support and challenge each other to live up to that family culture, that family code of conduct. So how do we want our family to be described? There are three important components to the family culture. Values, goals, and expectations. And I'll talk about them separately in just a moment. First, I want to really encourage you to consider spending some time on this this week. Everyone wants to belong. Our children have a need to belong. And if we don't give them a culture to belong to, society will. We don't want our children to belong to society's culture. Society's culture is not life-giving. It's not affirming. It doesn't bring them to places of happiness and peace and joy. So It's more important than ever that we give them a culture to belong to so that they belong and they belong to something that is life-giving. I also want to make sure that we're clear that belonging to a family in a family culture does not take away the individuality of the people within the family. It's like uh, flowers, okay? We can describe flowers as delicate and sweet-smelling and bring joy. But within the descriptors of flowers, there are many different types of flowers. You have roses and daisies and gardenias. They're all different, but they are all delicate, sweet-smelling, and bring joy. When I was a teacher in the classroom, it was so interesting to see siblings come through the school because they were so different, often Every child in the family was completely different with different personalities, different challenges, different gifts, but they all clearly had the same tone and focus. And you knew that their parents had the same expectations for each of those children. So what are your family's 
values, goals, and expectations. Expectations of individuals and expectations of the family unit. If we don't define the expectations, the end goals, the values of our family, then we may fall victim to just bumping along down the road. You know, God has entrusted to us this family. And in entrusting this family to us, he's given us the grace to create a family culture for them, to create the roadmap to get these children to adulthood and then to heaven. And again, if we don't have that clear path, they will find themselves lost. If you are late to this game, if this is something that you never really thought about and your children are grown, it's not too late. Take some time still, sit with your husband, talk about where have we been and where do we want to go with this family? Because as parents, we always have a contribution to give to our children, even if they are adults. And we might want to talk with our adult children and say, this is really where we want to go. What do you think about this? These are the values and goals that we would like you to pass on to your children. What do you think? And include the adult children. But for those of you who just have small children right now, let's talk about the three components of a family culture. First are the values that you create for your family. What do you want to value most in your life and in your family? For Michael and me, it was faith first. We wanted our children to be grounded in their Christian faith, their Catholic faith. We wanted their faith to be so much a part of their life that it wasn't just something they did on Sunday, but that they lived it, that they were always seeking to do God's will, that they were always growing in relationship with Jesus, and that they were living Christian values when they were dealing with other people. So our faith was first and foremost the value of our family. We also wanted our children to have human virtues. We wanted them to be honest, to respect everyone, to have charity towards others, to be generous, orderly, and to have strength of body and mind and spirit. And we worked hard on creating those virtues. Our disciplinary technique was to develop virtue rather than always punishment or consequences. Yes, we did have punishment and punishment and consequences, but our value in our family was to nurture human virtues. So what are your family values? What do you and your husband want to hold dear to your family? What's important to your family? The next part of establishing a family culture are the goals that you set. What goals do you have for your children? And what goals do you have for yourselves as parents? Again, our first goal was personal holiness, both as individual parents and as uh, personal holiness for our children. We breathed the faith in our family so that Although we went to church on Sunday, Michael and I went to church daily, went to Mass daily, and we encouraged the children when they were in high school and had the opportunity to go to daily Mass, that they would go to Mass daily. We also encouraged them to really 
know their faith, to learn um, the tenets of their faith, and to learn the teachings of Jesus Christ by living what we call in the Catholic faith of the liturgical year. And so we would live Advent and really understand what the season of Advent, of waiting for Jesus, was all about. And then we would live the Christmas season. Then we would go into the Lent season and then the season of Easter. And after the season of Easter, we, had what's, we have what's called the season of ordinary time, which is really understanding the teachings and practices of Jesus Christ. We did that day in and day out. We did not leave it for Sunday, and we did not leave it for catechism class. It was kind of just a part of our conversation. We didn't sit the children down and say, okay, now you need to know this. We just lived it. We just talked about it. We talked about our faith as if it were a living entity in our family. We also had goals of virtue. It was really important that we, we encouraged our children and set goals for them to live honesty well, to live respect well. We had educational goals for the children so that it was always important that they do their very best. If they got a low grade and we said to them, but did you do your best? And they said, yes, I did my very best, then that was fine. They just needed to do their best. In fact, we started homeschooling because my son was in first grade and he had terrible handwriting. And um, the teacher gave him an A. And I called the teacher and I said, you can't give him an A. (laughs) He doesn't deserve an A, maybe a C, but not an A. I mean, at least tried a little bit. And she was unrelenting. She wanted to give him the A. She also didn't want to challenge him with enrichment. He was a bright child, and he worked through his work quickly, hence the sloppy handwriting, uh, and we felt like he needed to be challenged, and she said he didn't want to be challenged. Well, that, wasn't, that was too bad. <laughs> we were the parents, and we had educational goals for our children, and we wanted him to be challenged. So we took him out and homeschooled all the children. Another goal for our children was that we wanted them to have a lifetime overall achievement goal. In in other words, we wanted them to focus on who they were going to be as adults, not to live just day in and day out, but really know what kind of a man, what kind of a woman did they want to be, what kind of profession did they want, and to encourage them to make goals for themselves so that they didn't just bump along and whatever happened that day happened. They had goals. The third component to a family culture are expectations of behavior, pretty much. What kind of parents did we want to be? What was our behavior going to be like? And what behavioral expectations did we have for our children? It's important to have expectations to help the children have like guardrails to understand what is expected and what is acceptable and what is not. And if we don't have those expectations, we just take whatever comes our way. And so often moms are so frustrated because the children behave any way they want and the moms say, I can't help, I can't control them, I can't make them do it. It's because they don't have clear expectations of behavior. 
So first, let me go to what kinds of parents do we want to be? Because that's the critical component in expectations. Who do we hold ourselves to be? Michael and I wanted to be affectionate, encouraging. We wanted to be lovingly demanding and firm in intention and consistent. We would frequently check in with each other to make sure that that's the kind of parent we were. That's what we wanted to be. We felt responsible for educating our children in faith and in virtue. We didn't see it as a school's job to teach our children the faith. That was our job. And also with the gift of children comes the responsibility of teaching them virtue. That was our job. We also wanted to encourage creativity in our home. So all our children learned a musical instrument and Some of our children were great artists, and so we encouraged them uh, developing their creativity artistically in their art. It was really important. I felt like encouraging creativity was rounding out a child, and so that was part of our family culture. The behavioral expectations we had for our children was that they would be respectful, obedient, honest, kind, simple, and patient. And once we articulated those virtues, then we did not tolerate disrespect. We did not tolerate disobedience. And when you have that firmness of intention, the children recognize that. They realize that they don't have a choice. They must be respectful. Actually, when you teach your child to be respectful, To you as the parent, you're teaching them to be respectful to God. We knew that that correlation, and that was important to us. We also wanted our children to be friends with each other. In fact, on our first date, Michael and I talked about, (laughs) we talked about what kind of family we wanted. And it was very important to both of us that our children were friends with each other. Now, with seven children, we have seven different personalities. And for some, it's more challenging to be friends, especially as they grow up and some are married and some are single. They have different priorities, different interests. It is a challenge, but it's the one that I continue to encourage and really nurture within them. Even though they're adults, I encourage when I see some friction going on, I don't try to get involved, although sometimes, unfortunately, I do, but I try to encourage them to see the other's point of view, to give the other the benefit of the doubt. It's really important to Michael and to me that our children are friends, even as adults, especially as adults. We also had behavioral expectation of independence. We wanted our children, from the moment they could start walking, to become independent. Independence in children creates a great self-esteem. It's so important to help children become independent. I heard a a podcast a while ago about a mom who was waking up her 11-year-old child. She was not happy about having to do it, and he was yelling at her and not getting up, and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, that would never have happened in our family. Because we encouraged independence from the time they were two, three, four years old. A part of our family culture 
is also what we do as a family. We spent a lot of time together. We always had family dinner. The children almost always ate breakfast together. We had family celebrations on their feast days, on their birthdays. Um, We were a unit and we did things together. We are the Quinlans. And when we had four sons going to the same high school, the third and fourth son would come through the high school. The school knew what to expect from our sons. They would say, oh, you're a Quinlan. Now, that can get a little difficult because at that time in high school, you're wanting to be independent, but you also know, yes, I am a part of that group. And that group is important to me. So we are the Quinlans. Who are you? Who is your family? What do people think of when they say, we are the Smiths or we are the Jones? What kind of code of conduct do your children have? It's so important to have that for your kids. I would encourage you to spend some time this week, sit down with your husband and say, okay, who are we? You know, you'll probably find that you already have this code of conduct, this family culture. Maybe it might need to be refined so that you're very clear on it. Take a step back, reflect on what path you're on, and imagine where you want to be. Periodically, we need to consult sort of a compass and make sure that we're on the right road to get to our destination. You have to know what your destination is. And if your destination is to have happy adults who are creating their own families with their own good values and morals and expectations, then you're on the right road. You have to know what your destination is. And in the end, our destination is getting all of us to heaven. So spend some time this week and think about what's really important to our family. What are the values, goals, and expectations we hold dear? And then create your family culture. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Take care. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Thank you. Have a great week.